Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome in to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks for tuning in here with me on Wednesday, June the 3rd. Today's show is a more local focus here than I've had over the past couple of days. I'm going to be talking about building activity here in the city of Kamloops. I'll be joined by the city's building and engineering development manager to talk about the month of May here in the city and what's gone on in terms of building activity, permits issued, dollar values, all that good stuff. That's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. And I'm uh, going to be joined by the chief marketing officer for Sun Peaks Resort to talk about it being added to the Mountain Collective. What does that mean for the resort itself and how is Sun Peaks planning for the summer. But to begin today's show, while I'm joined on the line by the mayor of Kamloops, Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing here today? Very good, thank you. Good, thanks so much for taking the time. Now, I'll start with this. It is Red Shirt Day today, a day when people across Canada come together, wear red to display solidarity and support those living with disabilities. You asked me to wear a red shirt today, and I held up my end of the bargain. So how about you? Did you wear one today? Uh, no, I'm afraid I didn't uh, today, but uh, I certainly agree with the uh, concept and uh, those people that live amongst us with uh, disabilities really need to have uh, their needs recognized by local governments. Perfect. Well, uh, we'll get into what happened at council yesterday. Of course, public hearing was held for the first time in about 10 weeks, finally. Uh, I'll just start by asking on a general sense how things went. Well, you know, I, I think as these things go, uh, you know, there was a few hiccups along the way. Uh, I, I lost my bearings a couple of times, and the corporate officer directed me back uh, to the agenda. There's a few dogs barking, phones ringing, and doorbells going off. But, uh, you know, we did manage to uh, get the uh, business uh, concluded, and uh, it was, I think, successful from that perspective. Now, I know there also was some talk during the regular meeting of council about maybe trying to hold in-person meetings again where all members of council could get together, and, and I assume this applies to public meetings as well. Is this something that you are advocating for, you know, maybe try to find a bigger space where people can uh, gather and, and still have your meetings in person? And, and do you think that's something that, uh, you know, could actually happen here in the future? Yeah, and just like many, many buildings, uh, the chambers in, in City Hall wasn't designed for physical distancing, so we need a, a bigger space in order for us to be there, and we need to comply with all of the WorkSafe BC uh, requirements for uh, the protection of uh, council members and the public, and so uh, we were looking at a few options. Uh, I think the difficulty we have now is uh, some uh, councillors in the room, uh, some councillors online, uh, you got a, a lot of fields to kind of keep watching as you chair a meeting. But also those that uh, are online are feeling a bit distracted in terms of uh, their ability to focus on, on city business. And uh, I think there's just a general consensus that uh, we're going to be at this for a long time. We may as well get a, uh, a more permanent solution that will allow us to meet face-to-face. -face. So if you were to, to go and decide to make that plan, I guess how long do you think it could take to make arrangements to move the council from the chambers into a, a, a larger facility? Well, you know, it depends on, on what uh, uh, 
pieces of counsel you take with you. You know, if we're going to look at broadcasting, then it's going to be expensive. But uh, I don't think that's really in the cards. I think uh, if we had something like the uh, Valley First Lounge at the Sandman Center, we would be able to sit in a bigger horse, uh, horseshoe and we would be able to accommodate the public around the outside and uh, we would be able to hear from uh, staff at a podium. And that's really what you need to get the city's business done in person. And, and I think we could do that relatively easy. Uh, we also uh, were looking at the facilities at the Thompson Nickel Regional District. Of course, their boardroom is designed for uh, 26 members of that board, so we could easily sit there, but there isn't really as much space for the public there. So, you know, we have to go back and forth and, and uh, figure this out. But we do have a lot of facilities, many of which are underused right now. So uh, we've tasked administration to uh, come up with uh, something that's going to be a, a little more normal. Yeah, well, I will say this, Ken, when I'm watching uh, the council meetings online, you're, you're doing just a fine job of mediating it. So uh, I wouldn't be too worried on your end, but I understand those who are online why it can be a bit frustrating. Um, happy with the participation you saw at the public hearing last night? Yeah, uh, I was, and, and uh, I was uh, pleased that, uh, you know, people were heard. I think uh, I'm hearing this morning that some people had connectivity issues and, and there were timing out of the Zoom meeting function, but uh, we did uh, manage to hear from everybody that wanted to speak to council, and uh, everybody, uh, you know, had, had their chance, and the audio feed of that was good, and I think the points that they made were good, and, and uh, that helped council in terms of uh, us making our decisions on the matters before us. Now, Ken, while I had you here, I wanted to ask a little bit about uh, what's going on in the city in terms of, of flooding and, and some flood mitigation work. I know that there's been a lot of, of stuff going on to, you know, try to make sure our infrastructure is protected. Um, but we, I know there was, you know, plans at Riverside Park to do some flood mitigation work this year. There was a $750,000 grant that the city had applied for, was denied to do some of that mitigation work along the riverbank. Um, I know it was a priority project for, for this term of council or was trying to get it done, I believe, here uh, in the spring. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I just wanted to ask about that specific project. Is that something that you think could still potentially get done this year so we can avoid these types of flood events, uh, you know, in the future? No, really, that one is is on the shelf now. That was uh, predicated on some uh, grant money that we weren't successful in getting. Uh, plus, the fact that it takes some time to uh, plan and design these kinds of projects. And uh, right now, we are in the middle of a flood response, so uh, we're just going to continue with the uh, Hasco baskets and the uh, storm drain blockages and and that. And uh, we're going to hope that uh, the South Thompson River, in particular, uh, settles down a bit. It seems to be on a, a fairly steady rise, and the forecast is indicating uh, more rain, and uh, that uh, rain heavily in the watershed area of the uh, Shoe Swap Lake. So that will impact uh, the river, and uh, I would just urge people to, first of all, stay away from our flood protection works, but secondly, stay off the river. Uh, boating right now is not good. There's a lot of debris coming down, uh, plus the way 
break uh, from boats really uh, causes an erosion problem. Also, uh, those with kids and pets stay away from the riverbanks. Uh, we have to affect rescues every year from people that get too close, and uh, you know those banks are not stable. Uh, you know they're saturated, and they can uh, slough into the uh, water, and that water is moving quickly, and it's cold. So just uh, stay away and uh, just let this natural phenomena pass. Yeah, well, if the weather forecast holds true for the next five, six days, it doesn't look like a, a real fun time to be out exploring those areas right now anyway, so hopefully people do stay away. Now, uh, on that uh, vein, um, at Riverside Park, there is a rally planned tomorrow, a Black Lives Rally uh, uh, rally that is planned um, for, for tomorrow afternoon at Riverside Park or Prince Charles Park, depending on those flood conditions. I guess, uh, first and foremost, do you have any concerns about the potential gathering of people for something like that? Um, you know, we saw what happened in Vancouver. I can't imagine Kamloops would get anywhere close to that type of a scale, but there is a possibility of some large crowds here as a result. Do you have any concerns about that? Well, uh, of course, the provincial health officer's recommendations with respect to large gatherings, uh, you know, uh, try to stay under 50 persons and uh, certainly uh, use physical distancing, wear a mask, that kind of thing uh, would be in place. But because of that location, it's going to be wet uh, in the park uh, and uh, it's going to uh, be very close to our uh, flood protection works down there. So stay away from uh, those works and uh, perhaps another location on higher ground would be a better alternative. Uh, any uh, thoughts on attending that rally tomorrow yourself? Uh, no, I, I won't be attending that rally, but uh, I certainly can empathize with the sentiment that's being expressed by those people that do. Perfect. Um, I think that's pretty much it for questions here. I, I guess I'll get you out of here on this. There was some news yesterday about home prices in Kamloops continuing to rise. There was a new record home price in Kamloops for the month of May. I'm just curious if you're at all worried about this, you know, city of Kamloops. It's always been something when you're looking at the landscape of BC that seems to be a real affordable place to live, you know, when comparing to other municipalities in the area and in the mainland. I'm just wondering if you might have any worries about the fact that we are seeing prices continue to go up and if, you know, this market might potentially start are becoming unaffordable. Well, you know, I, I think that that's a relatively good sign uh, that the uh, price is holding. Uh, I think that the impact of the pandemic has yet to be seen within the real estate sector, and uh, that will uh, trickle into Kamloops because it will affect the lower mainland first, and a lot of offshore buyers there won't uh, be uh, coming with the regularity that they were, and that in turn will uh, affect people at the lower mainland from selling out and re buying up in, in the interior. So uh, that will take some time to occur. But, uh, you know, Cannes is still a bargain and, and still a great city. And uh, I think people that do their research and do their homework and, and have a solid business case will come to that realization. Awesome stuff, Ken, as always. Well, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate your time and uh, look forward to doing it again in the near future. Very good, Jeff. That was Kamloops Mayor Ken Christian, and just a quick note there, I was talking about family home prices, and we did get word from the uh, Kamloops and District Real Estate Association that a single-family home in the tournament capital sold for $536,832 in May. That was the average, which was a jump of 8.6% uh, from May of last year, so quite a bit higher year over year. Uh, the previous home record price was 530000 set in February, so just up slightly from that uh, the average selling price for last month for all types of units in Kamloops was $485,000. So 
there you go. Just some context to uh, what we were talking about there at the end. All right, well, going to have to take a quick break here. Coming up next on the Jeff Andrea Show, I'm going to be speaking with Jason Dixon. He is the Engineering Development Manager here for the City of Kamloops. We're going to be talking about what's going on for building activity in Kamloops last month, the month of May. So stick around, and Jeff Andrea Show will be right back. The voice of your community, Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Here's Jeff Andreas. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks for being with me here on June the 3rd. May proved to be another strong month for building activity in Kamloops, but it was the first time this year where there was a bit of a discrepancy between the number of permits issued when compared to the same month last year. 113 permits issued last month in Kamloops compared to 192 permits issued in May of 2019. That's about an $8.5 million gap in terms of permit values as well when comparing those two time periods. Joining me now to talk more about this is Building and Engineering Development Manager for the City of Kamloops, Jason Dixon. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm well, Jeff. How are you? Ah, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for asking. Looks like it should be a, a pretty nice day today, so uh, happy about that. Now, mm -hmm, me uh, too. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of the rain here, so ready for <laughs> some sunshine, that's for sure. Um, Jason, I'll just start by, by asking about that uh, kind of discrepancy there. So like I said, it was kind of the first month here in May when I looked at just the number of permits uh, that have been issued, and it was a, a significant difference, I thought, between you know May 2020 compared to May 2019. Is there any reason why you know this month in May seemed to be the first month where there was a bit of a dip when comparing stats to 2019? I, I think we're seeing a bit of the effect of of what's going on with this COVID pandemic. Um, we've talked for a couple months now that the we we got into this um, sort of restriction on on activities in March, um, but we didn't really see anything in the March stats, and we thought, well, you know, it, it just happened. And then April stats were were good again, um, and at that time we thought, well, this is really a lot of it is a backlog of permits that we've we've had in the queue and that we're working on. And I think now in in May we've we've definitely seen, not re depending on whether you're talking commercial or residential, we've seen definitely on the residential side a shift in the type of permits we see. We're still getting quite a few applications, but they're they're different. And if you if you look at the stats, you, you know you look at May 2020 for single family dwellings versus 18 in May last year, uh, but then you kind of look at the year-to-date stats um, for 2020 and alterations. We've had 63 permits for alterations versus 42 last year and over double the construction value. Uh, same thing with swimming pools. Seems to be a hot commodity these days. 15 swimming pool permits so far this year versus nine last year and again over double the construction value. I think we're seeing a shift. People are, people are at home. They're, you know, uh, province is recommending people stay close to home. We're not going on vacations. I think people are taking this opportunity to, to make improvements to their homes, and, and that's being reflected in the permits. Yeah, and they're probably uh, hoping to get a, a new swimming pool, it sounds like, in their backyard, something that they can actually do over the course of the summer if they can't uh, you know, travel to the lake or wherever they might want to go. So sounds that's like people are swimming at home. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, pools are a hot commodity right now, it seems. Um, I did want to ask a little bit about commercial, too, because uh, yeah, when you look at the residential side, the uh, number of permits was down quite a bit, but the value was, was pretty much on par when comparing uh, you know, 2020 to 2019. But commercial was down quite a bit. Uh, just six permits issued compared to 18, and just 1.1 million compared to 9.7, which basically made up the bulk of the difference when talking about the month as a whole, about $8.5 million difference between 2020 and 2019 when talking about the month of May. 
I guess is well, is just commercial activity just down right now, or, or is there a reasoning behind that that uh, that gap? I think it's just the nature of some of the permits that we've been we've been working on. A lot of the big permits that we've had um, this year that we've been working on. Um, we issued earlier in the year Valley View Secondary School, not commercial, but institutional. So it sort of fits in that bigger class. We're working on permits for Royal Inland Hospital. Those are institutional permits as well. And there's sort of ebbs and flows uh, month to month in those those classes. And it really just comes down to what applications we get. You know, they're they're typically really big projects, especially the institutional and industrial ones. So. It just takes one permit and can have a, a really big effect on construction value. So, so it's not surprising to me to see discrepancies there, ebbs and flows in in those those classes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, historically speaking, I guess you know we look uh, through the first five months of the year, things do seem to be going pretty well. Still quite a bit ahead of where we were last year in terms of value, $11 million or so ahead of last year, and uh, just a little bit behind in terms of number of permits, 23 fewer permits issued year-to-date compared to 2019. Uh, do things typically start to slow down, I guess, around June and July when we kind of get into the crux of summer? Is, is that typically a time when most of those permits have been issued? Because I assume, uh, you know, companies are looking, or, and individuals would probably be looking to do that construction, you know, starting around this time. So I assume they probably probably want those permits issued before this. Yeah, we do see kind of a couple of rushes when it comes to applications for permits each year in the spring um, and then in the fall. In the spring, everybody's anxious to get going. And you're right, we do typically see not so much a, a real slowdown, but it's not as busy in the summer. People are out working on their projects. We definitely, in a normal year, have... Um, pretty big daily inspection lists in the summer as opposed to other times of year. And then in the fall, everybody's anxious to get a project started, to get it sort of going before winter sets in. So, um, yeah, we're coming to a time of year when, when applications would normally slow down a little bit. Uh, this year is a bit unusual. We don't really know how this pandemic situation is going to play out uh, with a government sort of easing restrictions a little bit things may pick up, people may feel confident uh, in applying for permits just a little later in the year than they they normally would. Um, Statistically for the year, though, I would say 2020 is off to a good start when you look at dwelling units created. Um, We've created 481 dwelling units so far this year versus 244 last year, Um, and that's mostly mostly multifamily, mostly quite high density, the multifamily three or more units, apartment building type projects. Um, We've created a lot of units there. So there's definitely some big projects still happening, and, and when I look at the stats for for May, the two big projects that we did issue permits on were both multifamily. One at U Street on the North Shore was 38 units for $6.5 million, and another was uh, 445 Fifth Avenue, 60 units for $11 million. So there's still those big multifamily projects happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely one of the, the numbers that did stand out was the multifamily value, $17.5 million in construction value for those two units, or sorry, those two projects uh, here last month. So definitely mm-hmm. one of the numbers that I, that did stand 
stand out to me as well. Uh, what are you expecting here moving forward? Because you mentioned, you know, May seemed to be the first kind of month where there might have been some effects from COVID-19, right? Everything kind of hit us in March, so everything was kind of already rolling in terms of the month of March, and a lot of things were already in the queue in terms of permits being applied for, so a lot of that issuing work in, in April was, you know, still moving ahead kind of as, as normal for the, for the most part. But May seemed to be the first month, and you kind of touched on it off the top, where COVID-19 maybe played a bit of a role in, in, in the stats. Are you anticipating things to now kind of pick back up again? Because it is June, and, you know, we've seen the phase two of the reopening plan get underway, looking towards phase three. I imagine that, uh, you know, there is the possibility, at least, of, of some activity to start picking up a little bit more here into the month of June. I would hope so. I don't know if I have a crystal ball that would would sort of let me say I do, ex, you know, specifically expect things to pick up. Um, I think what we've seen over the last month is likely to continue. We're still getting lots of applications, just slightly different applications, and we typically get the swimming pools, the additions, alterations, that kind of stuff. I think we'll still continue to see a lot of applications for those type of projects probably still be a little slower on the new construction uh, projects for a bit until things really settle down or, or people feel that we're, we're really into a recovery. On the commercial, institutional, industrial side, I think uh, I know we're working on a couple of really big permits to kind of get the last of the permits out for the patient care tower at Royal Inland Hospital. So those are going to be really big when they go out. We have other multifamily projects we're working on. Um, we're working on applications for a bunch of other projects that have pretty good um, construction value. So I think from a construction value point of view, the stats will look really good. I just think we'll see a shift in where that activity is going forward. Well, Jason, I uh, look forward to uh, getting the update here in a month's time. I appreciate you've been doing this for here with me for the last, you know, I think pretty much since the beginning of the year, and I hope to continue it through the summer. So thanks so much for taking the time, and I look forward to catching up here uh, in July. You bet. Thanks, Jeff. That was Building and Engineering Development Manager for the City of Kamloops, Jason Dixon. And just a couple of quick highlights here, just to recap, if you will. So in May uh, this year, so last month, there were 113 total permits issued here, building permits in the city of Kamloops. That compares to 192 in the month of May in 2019. And the values, $24 million, almost $25 million worth of construction value May of last year being issued compared to $33 million in the same time period in 2019. So as mentioned off the top, down a little bit when comparing uh, just the month of May in 2020 with the month of May in 2019. But year to date, uh, almost on par. 564 total permits have been issued so far in 2020 compared to 587 in the same time period last year and $108 million in value compared to $97 million. So a little bit head ahead in terms of value here in 2020 for the city of Kamloops and uh, down just slightly 23 total permits fewer so far issued in 2020 compared to the first five months of 2019. So building activity does continue to be strong here in Kamloops. All right, well, let's take a quick break. When I come back, I'll be joined by the Chief Marketing Officer for Sun Peaks Resort. We're going to be talking a little bit about what's going on there, as well as some new initiatives in terms of a mountain resort pass. What's that all about? Well, we'll find out in just a little bit, so stick around, and the Jeff Andrea Show will be right back. Your opinion. Call or text 250-374-5345. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Radio NL News. This is Jeff Andreas on RadioNL.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show, and thanks for being with me here on Wednesday, June the 3rd. 
The Mountain Collective is announcing the addition of Sun Peaks Resort to its premier roster of ski destinations across the globe. Sun Peaks will join 22 other ski resorts on the Mountain Collective Pass. Here to talk a little bit more about what this means is Chief Marketing Officer for Sun Peaks Resort, Aiden Kelly. Aiden, how you doing here on this Wednesday? Very well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. So... Yes, the addition of Sun Peaks to the Mountain Collective Pass. What exactly does this mean for Sun Peaks, first and foremost? Well, I think it's it's, it's good for us. I mean, this is, a, as you said, it's a premier collection of resorts all around the globe. So for us to align uh, with these people definitely helps the, the overall brand appeal. Um, you know, south of the border, specifically throughout the United States, the Mountain Collective has a big appeal there. Um, but then also on a global scale as well. So it just allows... It allows us to bring in some new business to Sun Peaks that we wouldn't uh, otherwise see and also just allows us to position ourselves in, in the marketplace as, as one of those you know premier destinations around the globe, which we've known for a number of years. But the more we can um, deliver that message, the better. So, I mean, is this something that now that you're a part of this collective allows you potentially to maybe even bring in more international ski tourism as a result? Yeah, I think so. Um, a little bit of international stuff, but what it'll definitely do, it'll, it'll bring in more uh, more U.S. business in, in future years. And, and obviously, that's, <laughs> that's a bit of an interesting one right now with the current COVID situation that we're in. But once we get, you know, past this down the road, it'll pay dividends in terms of um, people crossing the border and uh, and, and coming to uh, spend their ski dollars at, uh, at Sun Peaks. So it is, a, it is a cool product with the pass where people buy this pass and then um, all of the partner destinations, you get to go and ski two free days at, at all of those destinations so it'll definitely put us on the on the radar with uh with a bigger clientele than we've had before and that'll translate into some new uh new visitation and then helping out the economy around here okay so if you get one of these mountain collective passes uh it allows you for two days at each of the 23 member clubs is that am i understanding that correctly yeah, that's correct. You get two free days at all of the, the 23 resorts around the globe. And then any other days after that, you get at 50% off whatever the lift ticket rates are. So okay. you start with the free days and then you move to a, a strong discount model um, after that. So there's some there's some good value um, there for sure. And then the benefit for us actually comes back to, so that's for all the, the destination visitors, the folks that we want to bring in from throughout the U.S. and around the world. But then there's also significant benefit here for all of our locals in Kamloops and our local pass holders as well because being part of that crew entitles all of our Sun Peak Seasons pass holders to a 50% discount at all 22 of those other mountain collective destinations around the world. So there's a significant you know, value add um, for our local pass holders as well, which, which is nice because the mountain collective developed, um, they developed a nice little cluster of resorts here in Western Canada um, already with, with Revelstoke and Panorama was just added a couple of months ago and Lake Louise and Sunshine Village are in there. So they have access at 50% off um, to all those destinations for um, for all of our local pass holders is another um, massive benefit of us joining the Mountain Collective as well. Wow, that's pretty cool. So I know last year you guys announced the new partnership with uh, Silver Star, right, where you got one free day at Silver Star. Um, so that was a nice value add that was happening last year. But, I mean, now there's even more uh, little value added in terms of, you know, multiple uh, resorts here in British Columbia that are a part of this. So there's ample opportunity for people who are Sun Peaks uh, season pass holders to ski elsewhere in this province as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. It just expands the horizons a little bit and gives more opportunity and, like you said, delivers some more uh, some more 
value. So it's kind of a win-win all around. It's a, it's a win for us in the destination markets, and then that's a win for the local market as well. Now, of course, when we're talking about something like this, I mean, great to be a part of this collective. Hopefully it does pay dividends here in the not-too-distant future. But, you know, as we look ahead, it's really hard to think about what the landscape is going to look like when Sun Peaks is allowed to reopen to ski uh, skiers and snowboarders. Um, you know, we're looking way ahead probably to November here at this point, right? So difficult to say what things might look like here over the next four months. But uh, sounds to me like we were talking a little bit before we jumped on here uh, and started having this chat um, on on the air, but, uh, you know, you've been pretty busy trying to figure out what the heck things are going to look like moving forward. Yeah, yeah, it's super, super difficult, and if anyone has a crystal ball, uh, definitely give me a call and let me know, because we have, you know, 15 different scenarios on the go about what potentially next winter could look like, and the reality is nobody really knows at this point in time, and anyone that tells you they know, they're, they're telling you a lie, because the world is changing very, very quickly, so we're, we're anticipating... Um, you know, uh, likely a significant drop in, in international visitation next winter to Sun Peaks, just with uh, with the current situation. But then we're also expecting a bit of an increase in uh, in regional BC visitation um, as well, because while there won't be as many international people coming here, there also definitely won't be as many BC people going to international locations um, during the winter. So um, where it balances out, you know, your, your guess is as good as mine. So we're going to lose in some markets and we'll gain in some other markets and uh, we'll see we'll see where the dust settles um, when we get through to next winter. Yeah, well, hopefully it'll it'll balance itself out. But like you said, I mean, really impossible to tell at this stage of the game. Uh, now, of course, we are into June now here, Aiden. So what's going on at the resort right now? I mean, uh, you know, are there some plans in the works here for the summer to be able to bring people up to the mountain again? Yeah, we're definitely planning on operating for the summer, and, and we've got the majority of our staff back and, and working on that plan um, right now. I mean, we obviously need to be able to do it in as, as safe a manner as possible, so there's a number of things to to consider with uh, with the current situation, and I think that means things are going to look a little different this summer, but uh, we're definitely planning on, on a summer. We're still gearing towards uh, uh, a target of kind of the end of this month um, for, for opening up, and we're finalizing our operational plans and what our offerings can be currently and we should have everything in line we're, we're hoping you know by next week so that we can start letting people know what what summer looks like um you know all of our major events are unfortunately going to be postponed or canceled uh, but we'll we'll still be a go with our core summer products with our hiking and our mountain biking and our golf um, but we'll just have you know like i said those different protocols and practices in place versus what we're what we're used to so we're uh, we're working diligently to get all those details squared away and um, hopefully we'll be able to uh, let everyone know some uh, some more definitive plans within the next week or so. Perfect. So no one's really able to start booking stuff just yet, but uh, keep your uh, eyes peeled to the website, I guess, soon. And hopefully, uh, you know, not too far from now, they'll be able to start booking their plans and make some vacation uh, Yeah, records. exactly. No, I think a lot of people here in Kamloops are just, uh, they'll appreciate uh, when we're able to get back open and, and come and have a bit of an outdoor experience in the mountains and uh, get back to some, uh, some level of normalcy or whatever the new normal looks like, I guess, right? We just want to be a part of that process, but we want to make sure that we're able to do it safely so we're just taking our time to get it right awesome stuff aiden well thanks so much for taking the time to fill us in on what's going on i know a lot of people i'm sure itching to get up to sun peaks again here soon so i'm glad we were able to provide a bit of an update on what's going on and, and like i said hopefully we could start seeing some visitors head up that way uh, in the not too distant future but thanks so much for your time here today yeah it well, sounds great jeff thanks very much 
That was Chief Marketing Officer for Sun Peaks Resort, Aiden Kelly. I know I'm looking uh, for some outdoor activities to do, some places to go. We can't go very far, right? Still uh, don't want to travel if you don't have to, but uh, trying to stay close to home, and Sun Peaks sounds like a great place to go venture off to here this summer. So I'll be keeping my eyes peeled to that website myself and trying to book some uh, vacation plans here moving forward. Well, that about wraps things up for me here today. So first, I want to thank all my guests for joining me. Jason Dixon, of course, the uh, city's building and engineering development manager, filling us in on building permit activity for the month of May. Uh, Aiden Kelly, as mentioned here in this segment, uh, chief marketing officer for Sun Peaks, and of course, mayor of Kamloops. Ken Christian, thanks to everyone for taking time to speak to me here today. And of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me here for a short while or a long while, just know that I enjoyed our time while it lasted. Have yourself a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be back here tomorrow on Thursday, starting at noon.